Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. I'm Corey Jondro, and we have a very special Pennyworth interview with the cast of Pennyworth for Collider Heroes. I am so excited, guys. I love this show. Thank you, first. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I want to know, as we were just saying, this was your first Comic-Con this year. Yeah. What was it like to be not only promoting a comic book show, but in San Diego looking at giant billboards of your work? It was insane. It was, yeah, it was our first time, and we went, we went Wednesday to Saturday, and I walked the convention floor on Wednesday because, because it, it premiered the Sunday after Comic-Con, so no one knew who we were, and it was great. And I was walking through the convention floor at the Warner Brothers uh, stage, and suddenly, like, a 30-foot me popped up. <laughs> I was like, whoa, got to run away. Um, but they screened it on the Wednesday night, and then we did our panel on the Friday. So Saturday, people started to be, like, asking for photos and things like that. Now, with this show, we, we have a, a unique perspective to tell a story that's never been told. Were you guys fans of these characters beforehand? Now, because, I mean, you play Alfred Pennyworth, who is a legendary character in his own right, and Thomas Wayne is a legacy that is legendary in its own right. Were those characters you were familiar with personally? Huge fan of all those death scenes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pearls. Can't, always the pearls. Can't stop watching them. The pearls, <laughs> hate the ground, the gun. Um... Huge fans. I don't think I knew a huge amount about about Thomas Wayne, but definitely, definitely of Batman, of DC, and of comic books in in general. Yeah, for sure. I was excited to, you know, to be to be joining that world to work on a show that involves that for sure. Yeah, I. I mean, my my Alfred generationally was was Michael Caine really, and those the Christopher Nolan films for me was what what brought me to it. I didn't I didn't read comics a lot growing up. Um, but I've come to it, you know, as a result of this show, yeah. Well, you both basically pay father figure to Bruce Wayne. One is a legacy father figure and one is a more literal father figure. Mm. So you're kind of retroactively building Bruce Wayne up 
Are there seeds you're planting from the mythos of pop culture Batman that you're retroactively adding as his father figures in the two different formats? I think Bruno Heller, the showrunner creator, yeah, I think he's got his eyes on on that prize in terms of like plotting in personality traits and bits of DNA and things that you can recognize from certainly from Alfred and I think from from Thomas Wayne and then Martha Kane, who's part of our story, who yeah. obviously will become Martha Wayne. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely got his eyes on on doing that, doing a bit of foresh- foreshadowing. That's the word. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I've been trying to find that word for about two weeks. Found it. <laughs> got yes. it on air, live. We yes. saw it here happen. Foreshadowing. Yes. The rest of press easy. <laughs> yes. Found it. So pleased with that. <laughs> but, so you kind of are the other more on hand father figure for Bruce, yeah. and you have to be this darkly comic but also very physical character and and you lay so much groundwork because you've been played by such legends like michael go and jeremy irons and and michael kane uh when you were building that character did you look to their work or did you try to keep it to your own well we had a conversation um bruno heller showrunner danny cannon our lead director um an exec producer and they sort of you know we we kept landing on michael kane because he gave us, he said, I'll play a butler as long as he's ex-SAS. So he gives us that backstory, which we explore in Pennyworth. So, so we, if there were any, we were nodding to him. Um, and also because he was like the British film star of the 60s. So in terms of pop culture, we had loads of films that he'd done anyway. That oh, that's perfect. And the Ipcris file and stuff where he's actually playing a spy and he's got a gun, you know, so it was fantastic. Um, wealth of knowledge there in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have Alfred and Michael Caine to look yeah. to. Yeah, so then <laughs> I was like, but they kind of a one, and then it, yeah, it was, it was great. Now, for me, I've always said that Luther is my favorite Batman show. Uh, Luther with Idris Elba, I always feel like he's effectively the world's greatest detective, and he's taking out these supervillains. Right. So when I watch Luther, That's I'm good. watching the goddamn Batman. Yes. This to me feels like as much a prequel to Luther. As it does Harry Brown, oh, as it that. does Batman. I'm very into that. And I love the fact that this is so, and as, a, as an American, British. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there uh, someone on set that's basically keeping things through a through line, or you guys get to play with dialogue? Is the script written, like, the slang, the pace, everything feels like that, that authenticity that, that I only get to experience when it's done right? Right. That comes from Bruno Heller. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, uh, 100%. He's, he's British. He's lived in L.A. for... 20, 30 years. But the the great thing about the show is it has this almost nostalgia to a time... It's a love letter to Britain. And I must stress that it's a, it's a weird 1960s London. It's not the actual <laughs> 1960s London. It wasn't actually like that. Um, but there's certainly... Yeah, the bits in there and the authenticity and the bits that you think, that is quintessentially British. That's, that's Bruno, um, mm. really. I mean, of course, we get to add Fair some a stuff. Bit. But I... Dan, really, because he's so good. <laughs> yeah. like, and you can kind, of, you can kind of feel him enjoying that as well. Because I think he's written, he's written for the American accent and for American people for the last like fifteen years. I think so. You can kind of feel him relishing, like thinking back to the nineteen sixties, how people spoke. And he's very, very good. Each character has a very distinct voice, um, and a lot of detail in there. So yeah, 
Yeah, the supporting cast gets a lot of time to shine and grow their arcs, especially uh, like episode three. You spend a lot of time with those two at the bar, like your fellow SAS members, and you really get to live and grow with them. And and I love that. I love long form TV because you get to build an entire family. And this show does that really well. And it feels like the character of London is a character. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I love that it balances. There's moments where it's straight up James Bond and then there'll be like a 60s Batman moment where like the the scene with Ripper that just suddenly goes like hijinks. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. Was that something that when you were first reading the scripts was that alarming did it translate on the page where there would suddenly be like a tonal shift or did it work both on page and screen i think it i think it was there i don't think i was clever enough to see it initially when i was reading i sometimes i'd read it we'd get to the scene and danny or whoever was directing we had lots of great directors would would pull that out of the script and i'd go oh that's brilliant (laughs) you know um and especially, you know, when you're doing a first season of something like this and you're, you know, you're working out who these characters are, you're also working out what the world is. And you're, you're, I remember sometimes being like, can, is this funny? Can I, <laughs> can I, what about if I do this? Is that okay? Like, are we allowed to do that? And I remember when we watched the pilot for the first time being surprised, pleased at how funny it is. So yeah. surprised. I had no idea it was going to be as, as funny. That little granny that comes out with the gun, <laughs> yeah. and just like lots of tiny little jokes in there that, having read it, didn't didn't ping out yeah, to me. But then watching the it, I was like, vi- there are very funny visual moments in it as well. The comedy is so necessary because it's so depraved, and it's a much darker show than I expected. And Batman is an impossibly dark character when done right, but this doesn't feel gratuitous while being completely violent. Was it? an intense set was it very high stakes or was it relaxed just the dialogue makes it intense like was the work day like 18 hours did it all feel like work i mean they were long days sure but it it was a joy to go to work every day and i think it's fantastic because we shot it all in london so it was like our little secret for so long (laughs) and we got everyone went home at the end of every day and weekends were with friends and family rather than if you shoot somewhere on away from home you know you're all together so actually it was very relaxed yeah wasn't it and people were you know i remember everyone was sort of like this is yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? Sort of a few weeks in and being like, are you having fun? I'm having loads of fun. And this is like, this is okay. Rather than, I always thought, because this is a big career jump for me, you know, I thought when something like this would, would come, I'd, I'd be petrified and it would be, you know, you, terrible, you know, stress. And But everyone was so good at their jobs that it, it made it actually a joyous experience, yeah. really. Now you play the American who stands out like a sore thumb, Thomas Wayne. Every time, every time you appear, it's almost like the lighting shifts. Like American guy, Tom, Tom Thumb, Tom sore thumb. Tom sore thumb is very prevalent, especially in the first episode because we've we've met this world. We've dove into London, the character, and then every time you're there, it's just like ah, mustache. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally mustache. That's, now, that's it. Thomas Wayne is so important to Batman mythos, but he's got a lot less screen time than Alfred has. Yeah. you got to develop your own take on the character a bit more. Who do you see Thomas Wayne as? Well, uh, who do I see him as? The starting point, so when I uh, did an audition, a, a recall for Danny and Bruno, they started talking about Cary Grant. Mm. So they want him to feel like that kind of a slice of old school Hollywood. Um, so I started there. Uh, I don't think in, in any way I've done an impression of him at all or anything, but I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get some of that kind of Hollywood glamour, suaveness into it. And then really, Bruno had written in such detail who he was on the page. Um, and also, I was discovering as well. So there, there, you know, he goes on this whole journey, and I didn't know that journey. I only knew it episode to episode, so I didn't know the end point of that at all. And sometimes, 
I probably should admit to this, <laughs> but sometimes I didn't necessarily know the truth either, ah. which I think they did. Um, I think they kind of played a bit of a game with me and didn't give me all the information on purpose. Uh, so uh, episode one, I'm playing one thing, and then episode three, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's cool. But actually, it kind of worked. And when you're in, so he's he's kind of involved in this kind of covert underground world and when you're working for those agencies if you're if you're at the center of it you often don't know what's going on or what the truth is so yeah. i kind of was like using that to my advantage and discovering it as we went along which was quite exciting and we were all doing that i think episode to episode because your character is kept in the dark and you're kept in the dark so it works for mm. yeah. authentic naivete yeah and we also just didn't know what the end result of all of these things were going to be until we we read them so yeah, it's an exciting way to film it. I like the Cary Grant charm versus the Michael Caine. There's this established difference between like the yeah. the British version of like comfortable and collected versus yeah. an American. And that dichotomy, especially in the beginning, really plays as you guys form a bond that's the most unlikely of the show. Mm. And it's a really cool thing to see this show's tone because I'm straight up, like this is probably my favorite show of 2019. Favorite new show, comic Ooh, book wow. or no. Uh, <laughs> and I have to watch content for a living, so I've seen a yeah. lot of stuff. Uh, and this really for me, surprised me because I never would have thought a prequel to one of my favorite characters would be so its own entity. It yeah. doesn't feel yeah, like yeah, you yeah. need to know anything at all to watch the... And the first movie, the first episode feels like a movie. Yeah, you yeah, just kind of dive in. Yeah. What was the tone like changing directors? How much did they communicate? Was the writer... like this? There's a beating heart to this that's incredibly consistent. And I think... Uh, <laughs> it sounds it's like a love letter to Bruno, but that's Bruno because yeah. he wrote... Aside from episodes seven and eight, um, he wrote all of it, and he was he was there, you know, sort of throughout. But we had some, Danny Cannon set such a fantastic tone at the beginning. We had um, great DOPs and and really fantastic camera operators. That you know, everyone. I think the thing for me was this description on page three of the pilot script where Bruno described this 1960s London and he described it to such detail and it's such a good idea um, that everyone really invested in that and and from you know our, there was a, a great production designer Mark Scruton who for me that was the final piece of the puzzle you, you you're looking at you know these these guys' voices, how they move, what they wear, and stuff like that. But once we stepped onto these sets or the locations that were dressed, that for me, I immediately understood the world and what we were going for. That was the mm. final bit for me. So yeah. I think it's such a strong flavour, as it were, that, yeah. it's, that it's kind of easy to to stick with it. But um, it was really great working with lots of brilliant directors, and every couple of weeks getting a new energy on set and um, and navigating that, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think uh, like the the world that he created is so strong that they just basically have to stick to that world. Mm -hmm. um, it has its own political system. It's got its own entertainment system. They 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 televise their hanging. Yeah. It's kind of quite weird. <laughs> They're also into um, sheep herding. What's it called? Sheepdog trials yeah. is one of the things that like this, the society seems to be into. So it's, it's like these weird things that aren't like our world at all. The and they're never explained. They're just they're like, never explained. They just exist. They're like, just there. It's one of my favorite things, the anachronisms. Yeah. The anachronisms yeah, 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 in a yeah. show where you're watching a show and all of a sudden you'll hear a song from the 90s, but a remix, like a cover effectively of the time period. Yeah. And that the, the first visual one I saw was The Hanging. I was like, wait. I had to like look it up. Like, was that a yeah, this is the thing? thing. Is this, <laughs> <a> <laughs> like, is this how London was? 
1800s were a different world than I. But I love that. Sorry, early 1900s. But I love that it feels like an Elseworld. But in the in the comic books, there's these little pockets where you can have like Batman by gas lamp, where you have another world where you dive in, and this feels like Gotham by way of London, by way of an invention of their own. So it always still feels like a Batman show while not needing to be a Batman show. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you know, really, this could be a show about a young guy who's been in the army, leaves, sets up a security firm. Say meets a sexy American. Meets a okay looking American. <laughs> um, meets a moustache. <laughs> Tom Thumb. <laughs> but it just so happens that he's called Alfred Pennyworth, he's called Thomas Wayne, and, and we, of course, know what happens, you know. Um, so we've just sort of nicked some names from the canon of filling in the backstory, but really <laughs> it could be... It's it its could, own beating heart. Yeah, yeah. It's its own... Like one of my... Uh, the Fast Five I love dearly, the, the Fast Furious. Uh, oh, right, Brazilian yeah. job was originally turned into Fast Five. Like the right. Italian job movie uh, got turned right, into right. Fast Five. So it, it's a similar thing where they were able to use the names, build the legacy, and it's its own beating heart. It's its own entity. And I think this show captures that in a way that I've not seen a lot of comic shows do. Yeah. Uh, what was it like day-to-day as not lifelong comic book fans to see these familiar names. Like when Martha Kane popped up in the title, I lost my mind because I knew, I knew what that meant and I knew what was to come. Were there moments where you recognize the name and be like, oh, right, that thing from that time from like yeah, childhood? There, there was some stuff that we, I was like, oh, that's good. Um, but there, we had one, one actor on set, yeah. Hainsley, who plays Bazza, is a comic book fan. So watching his face light he up. He was always that like, Do you understand what this means? We were like, not really. I mean, yeah. it's great, but I had this one moment at, at the in the club at that setting, probably doing exactly that position at the bar, um, in, betw- in, in between takes, copying you. Um, and there was a background artist that started uh, having a little chat with me, and um, he was just chatting about the show and how excited he was. And then he kind of turned to his his friend, and he was like, "I just." Spoke to Thomas Wayne, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, is that? That's a, I guess that is the thing. That's a, that's a big thing for someone who's obviously into comic books." But um, yeah, so that was kind of little, little moments. I guess we'd realise yeah. the the magnitude of it for for that whole fan fan group. And Thomas Wayne is very prevalent right now. He's back in the comics in the Tom King's run of Batman. Thomas Wayne is like dragging Bruce Wayne through a desert as we speak. He's back in like the comic book zeitgeist because of different Earth 2 stuff. So great. both of these characters are, yeah, like yeah. right now you're killing it, man. <laughs> doing great I need work. to read those, don't I? And he's in a bat suit too. He's in this like badass Batman. It's a whole Elseworld thing. You're right, yeah, I've had, I've had, well, I had Flashpoint mentioned to me a few times and I brought it up to Bruno being like, could we <laughs> season two Flashpoint? Could we do that? Could I maybe become Batman before Batman? I don't think it will happen, but, you know, I'll keep trying to pitch it. You and Pattinson, <laughs> just the same thing 2020, just in Batsuits? Yeah. <laughs> Batsuits with <Okay>. the Tash. <laughs> now, is there anywhere you want these characters to go? I, I don't, I haven't seen the end of the season, so I'm not, I don't know any more than you do, but is there anywhere you want these characters to go that you feel like they've developed to that would be different between, from like where we start in season one? I'm very excited. I think Alfred sort of goes from a boy to a man across the series. And, you know, it's difficult knowing what to say and what not to say, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. I, I want him to learn how to make a good cup of tea, so that's quite important. <laughs> and maybe how to cook. Small, small ambitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side well, mission, you know, side it's goals. not a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a whole episode. The non-spoiler <laughs> answer is tea. That's how safe he's been. Just in case, one sugar, maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know. I know that Thomas gets... I feel like he gets increasingly cynical throughout this, this series. And some kind of very unexpected twists and turns happen for him around episode seven, eight, um, which throw him into a, a new place. I kind of, I kind of would like to 
continue going darker with him, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. We'll, see, we'll see where it ends up. But we know he ends up as this upstanding philanthropist who lives in Gotham and gives money to everyone and he's, you know, essentially good. I would, I'm more interested in seeing how he ends up there, but hopefully it goes darker before it goes lighter. You, yeah, you both know Z, but you're at A and B right now. Yeah, so you've yeah, got a lot that's... of letters to get through to see what yeah. happens in the middle. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I really like is the show values intelligence. All the characters are smart. All the characters speak well, but they're also clever they're not just smart they're, they're street smart all of them and one of my favorite scenes so far was the one where you basically handle the entire gang outside the airport hangar oh, yeah. with wittiness yeah, like, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's a problem solved was the script punchy like that like it has the sork and beat to it I, I keep going back to the, the, the productive like yeah. production team but yeah, yeah. was it all there or did it like develop on the day that was 100% me <laughs> no, it was all the ideas. Yeah, ad lib, do what you will, but get out of it. We know that's not true because you can only come up with wanting to make a cup of tea. Exterior airport, figure it out. No, it was. Um, uh, yeah, I, that was one of my favourite things about reading the scripts. Was like, how's he going to get out of this one? And Bruno always, always had something very clever up his sleeve. But um, I think, yeah, that that moment in in episode three, one of the producers said to me when we were filming it, he was like. That's Alfred. You got it. <laughs> That's pretty worked cool. it out. Yeah, and it's so, so funny because in, in the script, Alfred talks in like your your sentences are like two two words long. <laughs> yeah, and a page two pages of Jack's dialogue will be like three words. Someone says a <laughs> word, four words. Yeah. Thomas speaks in massive paragraphs <laughs> <laughs> because Alfred's way cooler. American and I'm just saying, yeah. I just say, and I'd be like, I'm like, oh, I've got loads to learn. I have these like five page scenes where I don't stop talking the whole time versus this very cool stripped back. <laughs> I learned it dialogue. the morning of shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And nails it. Totally nails it. Six for a day. Six for a day. It was so funny. In our, in our uh, rap part, we had a blooper reel, which consisted just of me, pretty much. <laughs> and the guy that plays Dave Boy as well just us I think because I had so much to say it was just often <laughs> messing up never got anything wrong <laughs> precision Alfred exactly uh, now these characters you both have to develop very specific accents like the I love mm. the Michael Caine influence that didn't feel like it was just you doing a Michael Caine impression but I definitely felt Michael Caine come through that character and that yeah. was so much fun to see Thank and you. you had to develop a completely different world and you're, you're authentically American like when I met you today I was a little like oh hey I had no idea I would have yes. assumed excuse so excuse was me. there anything that you you guys found that surprised you in developing these characters like accent wise as actors um i think for yeah i think for me i i went back and looked at cary grant movies and a few other actors that of that time as well and they they all spoke crazy <laughs> i was actually watching all about eve on the plane yes on the way but i don't know why i dipped into some classics um and was listening to their voices and they, those transatlantic accents were something else that we don't have at all now yeah. and, and all actors had to develop their own kind of vocal pattern and they were kind of known for that whereas I don't think we are so much as actors called upon to do that now but um, looking at those accents I didn't want to do anything transatlantic I wanted to do something purely American but yeah I wanted to nod to the period and that was kind of in the rhythm and, and, how, and how they speak and mm-hmm. I think I th- well yeah he speaks in this quite a specific rhythm I think some people have been like well that's an unusual American accent but of the time in the 50s and 60s there were there was there were more people that were speaking like that. I think. I hope. <laughs> I totally Nailed it. The show. <laughs> it. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me, but that was that was a, a challenge or something I had to yeah. overcome for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there were there were too many surprises. I just again, it, it was almost written like you said. There's one or two words a sentence. You know, it's full stops and to the point. And the one thing that surprised me was 
I, I, I did, well, I tried not to make it too statementy, you mm-hmm. know, and it was trying to keep it fresh in that respect. But it was almost written phonetically, and, and it was very clear as to how they wanted me to do it, I think. As much as the violence is amazing, and as much as the directing, the dialogue sings, this show is a beautiful thing to listen to and watch. So, uh, favorite show of 2019 so far, guys, straight up. Like, no exaggeration. Yes. I am in love with the show. Thank you so much for doing these legendary characters justice. Napa know how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.